You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Are you scared to talk? I wasn't until now. Hey, is that is that not? Boom. Is it the sound or the ah, thing you're doing with your fingers? <laughs> no. Anyway, this is <laughs> this is the scary edition of After the Show, and uh, I was thinking this movie is kind of we're looking at a movie today that really should be released next month, right? Seems. You mean the next month? Yeah, not next month. The next <laughs> month. Yes. Anyway, it's after the show. It's episode number thirty-two, and it's a dark wet Sunday, August the 24th, we're uh, going to be looking at The Nightmare, I always think it's A Nightmare, but it's not, it's The Nightmare Before Christmas, Collector's Edition, it's on Blu-ray and DVD, it's out this Tuesday, August the 26th, it's, the year of release for the movie is 1993, so we're stepping back in time here, and the studio putting it out is Disney, bit of controversy with, uh, we'll talk about that later, Tim Burton and Disney, but... Disney are putting this one out. And here's Sid Talk with the synopsis, if she's stopped being scared. I'm okay, I'm a little trembly, but I'll be okay. Let me get a drink of coffee, and I'll fix myself. <laughs> mm. that, that ghost noise, actually. This leads me to believe that at some point during this movie, you were actually frightened? Well, it's taught my years to perfect that ghost noise, that's what I was going to say to you. You need to preserve that, or reserve that, for Halloween edition. When, when kids come show. to the door on Halloween, I'll just open the door and go, and close the door again. Do you think that'll scare them? They'll possibly be weirded out by that, yes. Possibly. And then throw things at our house. <laughs> so please don't. Synopsis is Jack Skellington is the pumpkin king in Halloween Town. And though he's very good at this, being scary and creepy and bringing lots of fright to the town in this big production... He's bored, and there's got to be something else, he thinks. And then he accidentally finds Christmastown, tries this, to bring the spirit of Christmastown to Halloween Town. Is this a documentary? And, uh, it is a true story. It's not really a documentary, you know, kind of like Titanic or uh, Pearl Harbor. It's very similar to those. Telling a true tale, but only in Hollywood style. Okay. So it's kind of a story of someone... Not being pleased with who they are, or they think they're not pleased with who they are, and then finding the finding out that their place in the world is okay. And Sally is my favorite. So, uh, <laughs> also included in the synopsis, let's I did just, not miss anything. Let, no, let me just explain to. Well, all right, let's 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 move on to the story, and then I will say something that you didn't. You'll kind of left out. <sighs> but also, this movie, if you've lived under a rock. Or under a skeleton's head for the last 15 years, 17 years. It's a stop motion animation piece. Yeah. Not a live action. That's nothing action. to do with the synopsis, I'm afraid. Not a live action movie or not a CG movie. It's pure stop motion animation. And a little bit of traditional animation over the top. And a little bit of tricky. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it in the extras. Um, so. That was it. I loved it. I loved it the first time I ever saw it, which was probably ten years after it was out. I didn't even see it until about the DVD a couple of years ago, I remember. And watched it on our kind of crappy 31-inch TV while I was wrapping Christmas presents. So I wasn't really watch-watching it. And so, I mean, I liked the story. I loved all the characters and the idea. But this time it really shook me timbers. I loved it. 
Shock me timbers. We're not we're not reviewing Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, is that shiver me timbers? <laughs> I loved it. I think it's a really nice story and it looks amazing, which I'm sure you'll want to get to later too, but I really like the story of someone searching for who they think they should be and Sally, of course, being just put together and she's also frustrated and wants to be something else. I love that stuff. So How'd you like it? I've always liked this movie. I saw it when it came out. Oh, really? On the cinema. Yeah. Um, I've always liked it. Um, it's a little bit short. I, I feel... It's about 70 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it feels like it cuts off pretty fast. It feels like... Yeah, exactly. It, um, it's really, really good. And then the ending just... Poof, and then yeah. you're like, oh, okay. Like, was that... You know what I mean? The end seems a bit abrupt. But I don't know... I think... Well... It's another thing we'll be mentioning in the extras, but it was based on a poem that uh, Tim Burton wrote. And we heard the full poem tonight, in fact. Mm -hmm. And the whole story was covered and filled in a bit more, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So it was not like there's anything missing. No, but you know what I think? With stop-frame animation, it's not like they're going to want to make it two hours long. Oh, no, it would have took them (laughs) twice as long. (laughs) Because imagine, you know, so I just think... It just comes abruptly, the end, for me. It's got a little bit of attention deficit at... Sometimes it cuts from one thing to the next, but then I always have to keep reminding myself it takes them what did it say one week to make one minute worth yeah. of film. So it's actually seventy six minutes long, and that's including the credits. So it's probably right. more like I mean the credits probably last what ten minutes, nine minutes. Yeah, the beginning part <clears> seems right, you know, correctly paced and everything, and then you're right once we get to where you know we got a resolution coming up, it sort of goes bing bang boom done. Yeah, I'm always surprised. Kind of I've, I've watched it a lot of times, and the ending always... I'm, I always think it's a bit longer than that, and then the ending comes, and I'm like, oh, okay. I feel like I, I feel like part of it was missing. I don't know. It's, but that's not to take anything away from no, this movie. No. Because it is the, probably one of the most unique movies you will see. There's not a lot in this style. I mean, there are... I was talking earlier, Harry... I, I can never just say his name. Hausen. Harry Hausen, 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 or whatever he's called. Harry Hausen, Hausen, Hausen. The guy who basically pioneered stop-motion animation back in the day. He did a lot of stop-motion stuff, but it was generally like real human beings and then a bit of stop-motion. Like, like King a creature Kong or from a, the yeah, 30s. Yeah, or like, like I said, Clash, of, the Clash of the Titans, Jason and the Argonauts, that kind of stuff. But never anything that is completely done in that way. And, um, well, the Christmas shows from way back when were all stop-frame animation. Which ones? You know, like uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, those. but not quite on this level of... It's insane, the level of detail on this. What I'm saying is those are purely that. Yeah, and Some of them are an hour long, so... But this is over and above what you can... It's, you know, it's masterful. You think, I think me. to myself as I'm watching it, now how do they actually do that? When it's just puppets sitting on a set with some guy moving their hand. It's meticulous. And a millimeter at a time. Or how do they get that guy to swing down on a rope? I mean, I know because I can watch the extras and figure it out. And yet I just think, how do they conceptualize it? I guess they just go frame by frame by frame and say, this is what we got to do. They draw it on a piece of paper and then they make it make it happen, so to speak. I think it's amazing. I actually do think it's amazing. And it's just... Supremely creative process. And while while we're in the in the middle of discussing the story, see, 
it, this is a hard one to discuss. It's quite short, and you could give it all away really easy. We're trying not to here. We try to steer clear of spoilers during this show. Yeah. Don't we? Um, we, we've said some of it, but you know there are twists and turns in this movie. But what I want to say while we're in this section about this being a 15, 17 year old movie, that the Blu-ray edition which we watched tonight is unbelievable. To, to me, it's unbelievable. Um, when I say some weeks, oh, this is a movie to get if you're into Blu-ray and high definition stuff, this one showcases an old movie and makes it look brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally make, it makes it look like something you that was just made. Like I it. felt like I was busy a lot of times looking around. I mean, we have the big... Yeah, the whole wall of our movie that we're watching, like, nine feet wide. So, I've seen it before, so I wasn't trying to focus on whatever character was speaking or whatever. I was trying to watch all the way around in every scene and looking in the background and looking at it. And it's it's really... It's super Because you detailed. can see it so detailed. All that work they did, carving every little line and every little design, I just, I was, like, kind of hypnotized by it. And one of the things I really noticed as well is because of the way it was done with the stop animation and real lighting, because they used real lighting. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's nothing trickery about it. There's just a light pointing at the scene. So it was like a really well-lit movie too, even though it's all dark. Do you you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's no light. And when stuff's shadowy, it's shadowy. But then when when there's a light on something, the detail is unbelievable. Like um, the detail on Jack's suit. And like, um, what's he called? The um, Oogie Boogie Man. Yeah. His sack... Because he's made out of sack, like Hesse. Yeah, and it, it, it's just super detailed. And re, the camera's really close in on stuff. I, I find oh, it amazing. Oh, super close, yeah. If, okay. if you're into high definition, you might think, oh, that's an old film. It's probably going to do nothing for it. I think it does... I think this is the movie I've seen on Blu-ray that's... Blu-ray has added the... I mean, HD format has added the most to the movie. There were scenes you could tell they couldn't fix or they couldn't undo whatever like when there's the fog and stuff like that and there were scenes where it could not be crisped up not just because of the atmosphere i mean i think it looked like they actually couldn't so i saw like two or three shots throughout that looked a bit they weren't fixed up i mean i'm sure they were but they i mean didn't. it was all fixed up it, yeah yeah i'm the same you know, you know but yeah the, you could see through the cracks just a little bit but i think that's just because that's what they had to work with and but then when the when the reason I noticed that the and then when you go back on the DVD watching the extras a bit later, there's a documentary from back in the day and it's in low definition, and then it shows you some clips from the movie in that, and when I saw the clips from the movie in this mm-hmm. low definition version, I was like, holy crap, that that is a you know you can really see the difference. So, but this is available on DVD too while we're talking about yeah um, formats. Yeah. So, but you know, Blu-ray is it shows. The difference. But aside from, like, the look of it and the stop-frame animation, what do you think of it as a story and as a movie? Like, how, are you I too think, distracted by the what yeah, it is? I love the, the way it looks. Now, I'm not... It's a musical at, at its heart, because it's, it's literally... I forget about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, another Tim Burton. Not that this... Not, this is a common mistake as well. Not that The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Tim Burton-directed film, because it isn't. It's written and created... But it's actually directed by somebody else. So, but anyway, Sweeney Todd. I'm also not. I'm not into musicals. I really not Me really either. into them. Sweeney Todd. I thought it was really good. In fact, one of my favorite Tim Burton films now. Yeah, I'm in love with Sweeney Todd. The and that was I all singing it. too. 
And this one is all singing. I mean, it's there's mostly... Some, there's some dialogue. There's some dialogue, but it's mostly singing. This, you know, in the 70 minutes or so, it lasts, I would say, 80% of it is singing. Or a musical number. But it's the entrancing kind of singing, and it fits. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying... When he's I'm on actually, the curly hill, and he's singing his song, and when she's singing about yeah. not being together. It all, I mean, it's all emotion. It yeah. gives you the emotion of the characters. Now, and... Because why well, I was saying I don't like musicals, this didn't bother me at all. I, I was actually pleased it was a musical. Same as Sweeney Todd. It wouldn't have been the same if it was just a straight up dialogue one. Mm. Yeah, no. And the what about the theme that Burton kind of carries through things? Like Edward Scissorhands, obviously, is a creation, and then there's Sally, who's the creation of the guy, and he wants to control her. And Edward Scissorhands, the guy wants to control. It's Frank and Weenie, yeah, we'll get to that. I'm sure. In a minute. He's obviously, <laughs> he's obviously intrigued by old movies, Frankenstein, Dracula's, that kind of thing. I think uh, Vincent Price and Christopher Lee are big heroes of his. People who are in that macabre kind of genre of films that was going on back then, you know? I, yeah, I guess I think, and it I feel goes, that he pulls from deeper that. than that. I think, I think he must have watched a lot of those stuff. Feeling in life. Like, you're trapped, and you're kind of, well, this is my interpretation, you know, that you are someone else's puppet or a puppet of society, and you can't break free from that, and a lot of his yeah. stories have that same thing. And in, in fact, when I was talking a little bit earlier about the controversy between Burton and Disney, that actually, what you just said, actually plays into that. And see, that's what I think that underlying thing is, the why he's fascinated with these characters, and as, that's, as, that's one of the things... It is a stop frame animation, it's got singing, it's got really wonderful characters, but to me, underneath it, it's got a little bit more commentary about and being your own person. Exactly, and, and come to think of it, The Corpse Bride is pretty much the same. Yep, totally. The same. <laughs> it's the Frankenstein, another Frankenstein thing, The Corpse Bride. Um, he's obviously likes Frankenstein. Well, Sweeney Todd didn't have any of that, but that's basically but retelling was, of another he story. He was retelling, but yeah, Sweeney Todd was a retelling of not a Tim Burton thing, but it did have Tim Burton in stamp in there, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, he... Style-wise. That. Just not that story. But um, the story's poignant, really. I think so. That's why I was asking, because I think it's more than just a stop-frame animation, quirky little gem of a m- movie. It means something, I think, but then... Oh, it, it does. No. might have been... No, it does mean... It does... It, it's, it's, it's about love, and... Aww. And, like you say, being repressed by somebody. I like love. You know, like... Um, <laughs> Sally's being repressed by a creator. Jack's being kind of controlled by what he's created for himself as the image of the Pumpkin King. He has to live up to this weird... What doesn't really mean anything, he has to live up to it. Yeah, I think that's, to me, that's what Santa... This time more than the other time when I watched it, because I was really paying more attention to that. But anyway, um, I just wanted to... Tim Burton, when I was talking about the Disney controversy, Tim Burton Mm. worked for Disney in the late 80s, early 90s, for a very short period of time. He made a few... He made... Well, you know, he supervised this one, and he made Frank and Wiener. Weenie. Weenie. Weenie, that's funny. That's even funnier. <laughs> Frank and Weenie. That would be funnier, for sure. Anyway, he was let go from Disney. I won't say fired. I was just... He, he was let go because... Moved on. They... I don't think they agreed with his sensibilities. Right. And he was... It's really funny, actually, because Tim Burton, what Tim Burton, you know, if I say to you, think, you know, say, what's Tim Burton in a nutshell? Like, think of all his movies. He's dark, he's macabre, he's... Deep. 
Yeah, it's everything that Disney Studio doesn't. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, obviously, I'm not dissing Disney Studios. No, you love Disney movies. But they are the opposite of Tim Burton, aren't they? And it's funny that Tim Burton started his career for them. And I've read some interviews with Tim Burton. And he's was it like Donnie Darko a Disney production or one of it or something? Like no, that? no, no. No, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. That would be, that would, that would be really funny. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. Well, Disney presents. Because it's a bunny. That's Donnie it. Darko. A cute little bunny in Donnie Darko. That's my recommendation for the week right there. Just popped up. That's it. Donnie well, Darko. Di- well, Disney presents Donnie Darko. <laughs> On blue. Yeah. If you find that version, <laughs> let me know. But that's, that's, a good, that's a good flick, I, I recommend. No, but anyway, this controversy between Burton, it's just funny to me that he started his work there and then moved on and then he, you know... He's ne- what I like about him, to be honest, is he's never veered off the path of what he does. Doesn't seem to. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, Sleepy Hollow was really um, good too, yeah. You know, Sweeney Todd, Edward Scissorhands, everything is, you know it comes from him. Like, you you, you know, you don't really need to be told. You might not love that. Batman. You might not. The way he did it. Might no. not love. I absolutely didn't like um, Batman. Planet of the Apes. See that one doesn't have it like doesn't have his years. stamp necessarily, but to me that would be the farthest veering from who he is. I think that was Tim Burton doing really a big movie, controlled, yeah, hovered over. Fox did that. One. Yeah, like we know you're Tim Burton and we want to put your name on it. However, <laughs> we don't want any of your I other believe, shit to come along I th- with I, it. I do think so. There was Tim Burton in there for sure because the designs of the ape costumes and stuff were very him. Yeah, but that's not enough, is it? No, 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 no. It's I mean, the yeah, themes, it's, it's pretty far away. It's the from, themes of what he runs through. His it's not that Edward like Scissorhands, and it's not Sleepy Hollow, and it's not you know right. those movies are Tim Burton, aren't they? But um, I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, he's not with Disney anymore, but Disney still own this movie, which is good because they this particular edition we just watched they lavish this one. I mean, they, it's obvious they care about it. Yeah, I think. When you say they don't like your sensibilities, this is about a town about Halloween where they like giving each other severed heads as a gift. So why is that not? Why is that a Disney sensibility? It isn't. That's what I'm saying. That's what they I'm own saying. it. They didn't reject it. They didn't shove it in a vault somewhere. Once he got fa- well, that's the controversy. They he did stuff for them, including this. He, they they kind of shelved it all, like kind of like, oh, this isn't for us. And then he became super famous from Edward Scissorhands and the like. And this became kind of a cult favorite. And as then well. they they're all over it now. I'd say that's the controversy, right? Maybe. You know, I've tried over this week. I've been reading about this whole thing, and that's what it seems now. You know, who really cares who puts the movie out, as long as we can see it and get to yeah. see it in this kind of. But um, yeah, I was listening to our podcast before, and I make a lot of weird sounds. I'm going to try really hard not to. Like, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> and that, that weird giggle I do. You always mm-hmm. do that. That's like, I could take that out. It's I'm, not charming, it's annoying. I could take, I could go in audacity and take every single, uh-huh, out. So you sound like a robot with no personality. <gasps> when I was editing mine the other, yesterday, I was taking out all of my, every time I breathed, I was trying to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah. So people think I'm not a real person, so I don't actually breathe. Are we off topic? Yes. Okay. So. brief. So let's move on to the cast. Uh, well, we've, we've, I don't really want to spoil the ending and all that stuff. So the cast is a difficult one to... Because this is an animated movie. Well, kind of. So we're just looking at voices. I mean, we're not looking. We're listening to voices. Yeah. 
So the voices that I wrote down here to mention are the ones in particular that I was interested in. However, I'm not going off topic, I'm going on this topic as well. When we, when you watch the extras, you realize the people who animated the way these characters move are also, like they said, like actors. They're, yeah. not, they're the cast because they're the ones that sit there and move the hand and move the hand. They act it out. They try to get their own movements in there. So I guess behind the scenes... You've got that whole cast of people yeah, being the pe- being the movement for all these people. So I think we should. I don't have their names, but obviously, you got to think about that when you're watching it. This is being moved little by little by all these people who are actors themselves too. They said. You know. So anyway, the f- the first one. The f- <laughs> oh, just breeze. Right no, I was going to actually discuss that stuff in the extras because we have a. Uh, there's a whole thing. Right, but that, to me, that's part of the cast as well. It is. I'm but not I, railroading. But I haven't got. Saying. But I haven't got their names wrote down. I know. I don't. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. They say they don't need to have their names out there. They want to. They want to know they did it. But too. names that we do know. <laughs> Number one being Jack Skellington, the hero of the piece. Now he has two voices. One is his singing voice, and one is his vocal voice. The singing voice is Danny Elfman, who everybody knows. Danny Elfman. He's a composer for movies, a movie score composer, let's say, and he's he scored all of Tim Burton's movies. So they oh. must be good friends. And he can sing. And he did the singing voice of Jack Skellington, which is really... I like the parts where Jack Skellington Yeah, it's seamless too. It really sounds like the voice that we hear, which is... Chris Sarandon is the voice of Jack Skellington voice. And they're both fine, and you can't really tell the difference, can you? No. Which is interesting. Then we've got uh, Sally, who's your favourite. Yes. And it's... This is actually... Catherine O'Hara does the voice of Sally. But she also does this voice of shock. (laughs) So... Which is no big deal. Because one of those kind of voices yeah. where they do this weird little thing where they think that kids O'Hara talk like this. Is. She's the mother from Home Alone. And what did we just say? The woman from Facelift. For Your Consideration. Facelift woman. on Something hack. <laughs> and she's really good. I like her. Yeah, she's good. Uh, and then we've got William Hickey as Dr. Finkelstein. <laughs> I kept thinking of Australian. Who's that guy? He's got, he makes that weird voice too, but he sounds familiar. William Hickey. I mean, his voice sounds familiar. Yeah, um... I'll say it while you're looking. I'll say a funny story about Catherine O'Hare. She was on David Letterman or something once, and he was asking her questions about do people recognize you? And she says people will look at me kind of funny or say they think they know me. And she's like, "Hello, mother, home alone. Hello, Saturday Night Live." You know, like she's like they think they know me because I'm kind of average looking, I guess. But I would know her in a second. Not her voice necessarily, because it doesn't. She's not got a distinctive kind of voice, but anyhow, the. The doctor, the William Hickey guy. There's no picture of him as usual on IMDb. No photo available. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and please add. Can you add the photo? I'll add the photo if I had one, but it won't let me. If I was a famous person or even trying to be famous, I'd be sticking my picture up there so fast. Anyway, he was nominated for an Oscar. This guy, the Hickey guy, for Pritzi's Honor in 1985, best actor in a supporting role. So somebody. That's why I think I. I can kind of see Let me give you some of the movies he was in and maybe maybe it will fill in the thing. Forget Paris. Major Pain. Oh, dear. The Jerky Boys movie. (laughs) Nightmare Before Christmas. L.A. Law for two episodes. Baby Talk. My Blue Heaven as Billy Sparrow. I love that movie. That's my movie for this week, My Blue Heaven. Oh, okay. I actually talked about it earlier on this week. And Roxanne, that's my other movie recommendation. Good old movie. He was also in Christmas Vacation as Uncle Lewis, Sea of Love, Pink Cadillac, 
and Miami Vice one episode. So yeah, nah. but it sounds really familiar. So if I as soon as I saw him, I'd be like, "Yep, that's the guy, anonymous, famous." Yeah, he's got to be on that list. But anyway, my DVD recommendation: My Blue Heaven with um, Steve Martin. Brilliant movie, I think. And mine is uh, my new recommendation is Roxanne with Steve Martin. And then <laughs> yeah, that's a good because one. I did that thing that they did in the movie. You did. You said something. I said, did you say blah, blah, blah? And he's like, why would I say that? Yeah. And I'm like, ah, Roxanne. Okay, Paul uh, Paul Rubens. Um, Mr. Well, Pee- you would never know that's him. Mr. Pee-wee himself. Um, another Tim, Bur- Tim Burton movie. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All right. There you go. Um, he plays Locke. Yes, you would never know it was no. him, but Pee-wee himself is in there. It was one of those kind of voices like, yeah, I'm the... I actually like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't like the second one very much, but the first one, when I first saw it, this is, it, there's a movie that's got Tim Burton, like, stamped all over it. It's so... It's, weird? It, yeah. You want to say weird, but you don't, right? But it's not weird. It's, <laughs> but anyway, Pee-wee's, I, I remember seeing it back when it came out, and it was just so weird. It was, I did say weird. It was just, <laughs> it's, it's unlike anything else. Weird in a good way. It's unlike anything. And I saw that you've seen the TV show. The TV show. Oh, no, I've never watched it you never seen it on Comedy Central when it's been on. It's... The TV show is basically the movie, but in a TV f- show format. And it's... You know when we were talking about stoner movies? Yeah. I can imagine stoners would... Is it for stoner children? Stoner children? Well, it's not... <laughs> children who are Is it for children, Pee-wee? It is a children's show, yeah. See, I see it as one of those, like... It's actually made for adults in We're a children's way. We're going to pretend it's for children. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But we know that college students who are completely wasted... Find it hilarious. ...smoking dope... I th- and I also think Teletubbies has, a, has an element of that, too. I have not watched that, either. I think it has an, ele- I think it has an element of the people who are making it are super comedy <laughs> geniuses, but they're actually making something that's off their track, but they're injecting their stuff Super into comic it. genius for Teletubbies. Watch it. It's insane. <laughs> it's insanely funny. And I know you don't get stoned, so... No, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm get stoned. I, I, I find Teletubbies to be extremely funny. It's funny as hell. Like When you watch it, there's something about it that isn't for kids. And I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, people out there who are listening now who've seen it will be going, Oh yeah, I know what you mean. But it's really hard to like put your finger on exactly what it is. I think I'll just re- avoid it still. Oh, I'm not saying watch it. I'm not saying buy the DVDs. I'm just saying if it's ever on, watch it. And you will think, yeah, that's that's insane. And um, how do kids grow up to... If kids are uh, raised good. on shit like that, how, how do they grow up to be doctors and lawyers? I grew up with Sesame Street and so, the Electric Light Company. And they were pretty wholesome. But then again, if I went back and watched them, you never know. No, I, I might think find, so. I might, find things, I, think, I might find things that I'm like, I think if you go crap. on YouTube and look up Sesame Street, I've actually seen some of these clips. Some of the clips are less savoury than you would think. Really? Yes. There's double entendres up the wazoo on that mo- on that show. I'll take your word you, for you it. Just, you just have a look. Muppet, Muppet Cookie, Show, Cookie another Monster. one of those. they got a few of, you know... Muppet Show. Adult things stuck in, but behind, yeah. you know, the guys of... Oh, we're off topic again. We are, but I think that was an interesting conversation. Uh, weird. <laughs> Pee-wee was the... Anyway, Pee-wee was the catalyst Is that your movie that. recommendation? No. no. My Blue Heaven. My Blue Heaven and mine is Roxanne. But you can't, it can't hurt to watch Pee-wee's and Big Donnie Adventure. Darko. Come on. So, we've got also got another person I wanted to mention, and he's just the demon, the devil, and the saxophone player. But it's Greg Proops, who is one of the main players in Whose Line Is It Anyway, the American version. 
He's also in the English version sometimes. He's an improv guy. Oh, yeah. I really like him. The guy with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I really like that guy. And I noticed he was on there. I just wanted to give him a mention. Because he's good. And that show. An underrated show, in my opinion. Whose line is it anyway? If you're, oh, gonna, yeah, if you're gonna watch it, oh watch God. the English version. I think both of them, though, they're both good. I, I mean, like the one with Drew Carey guy, but um, is that his real name? Yeah, Drew Carey. But the thing is, if you're gonna watch it, also watch it when it's on a marathon because once you watch yeah, like one episode, watch it's really funny, and you want to just kind of keep watching it. Addictive. And I laugh my ass off every time. I always did, and it was. I watched it in the whenever it started, probably early '90s in the in England. I used to watch. And, Clive Anderson was the host, the bald guy. With, mm-hmm. He's always really sarcastic. And I always loved Clive Anderson, and I started watching that show because he was the host. And some of those people who did the improv on the English version, they went on to be big stars, like Stephen Fry was in there. And it's because it's a skill, man. Seriously, yeah, yeah, that improvisational thing. But, uh, yeah, that's not a recommendation. Well, I guess it is. <laughs> a, TV, a, new, a new segment of the show, the TV recommendation of the week. And I'm, and I'm sure it. you can get Whose Line Is It Anyway on DVD, like full seasons, and just watch the whole thing and have a ball. So that's the cast, pretty much. The director isn't Tim Burton, as we said earlier. We didn't even know that, let's be honest with the people. We no, didn't I didn't know until this week, <laughs> when I was researching. So that's odd. You would have said last week, if I had said, who directed Nightmare Before Christmas, you would have said Tim oh, Of course I would, And yeah. so would I. But it was actually directed by Henry Selick, and that isn't Magnum P.I., yeah, Magnum P.I., Tom Selleck, and his butler, Henry. It's not a mixture of the Magnum P.I. characters. It's actually Henry Selleck. <laughs> my, brain, my brain works in strange ways sometimes. It doesn't. As I'm watching you, you're actually processing that. It's your hands going, yeah, I'm looking over here. Yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah. It's nothing to do with Magnum P.I. Anyway, Henry Selleck directed Monkey Bone, which I believe is another Tim Burton. Uh, Tim Burton's involved in Monkey Bone is somewhere. He? Yeah, it's, you remember that one, right? Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser and a, m- and, a, guy. and a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what Say it no is. Say no more. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm sure Tim Burton's got something to do with it. In fact, I'm very, very sure. Um, uh, you have the whole internet right here at your fingertips. And then he also did Moon Girl, which I didn't see. And James and the Giant Peach, which I did see, which I really liked. Love J- I love that movie. Yeah. I was an adult when I watched it and I loved it. It's James and the Giant Peach, when I was at school... We read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, the sequel, and James and the Giant Peach. I believe they're all wrote by the same guy, right? Is it rolled? Don't know. I didn't even know it was a book. Yeah, it was a book. That's how I... I, I don't... I saw the film later. But yeah, we read the books. But yeah, it's a good one. I, I really liked it. It's got that... Yeah, but... Childhood thing that you... I can't put my finger on. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. It's just... Takes you back. So... What did you think? Uh, uh, the direct. Well, we'll talk about the director when we get into the extras, which yeah. we're going to do now. Anyway, we um, we uh, reviewed the Blu-ray disc version, and we also had the DVD version, which we have given to our other reviewer. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice, um, and it's embossed. But the we, box is nice. Do you remember the box for the DVD? I showed you. It was a thicker yep. one with a plastic Jack skeleton. It's really nice packaging. I think they've done a good. Uh, our other it? reviewer, Mister Squiddy, has got the um, DVD version. The fancy one. Yeah. But we've got the fancy picture one. Um, it's This is a really nice, whatever format you get it on. They've gone to town, you know, they, this is all embossed and stuff, and the the DVD version's all... It's actually a real slick, a slicker package than this. But yeah, the packaging is very nice. 
if you like. I think another reason I really like this movie and the style of it is the art element. Because he draws, you know, Burton draws pictures and they're kind of my... Lots of pencil drawings and lines and swirls and... I like that. And yeah. that's on the box, that embossed drawing. When we've said stuff like... You can tell Tim Burns injected his, his stuff into a movie. You can all, Anything that he draws, you can also tell that it's him. Yeah, very. Yeah, he's, there's even concept art in this DVD that looks just like The Corpse Bride. And just like the drawings for Sweeney Todd. When we watched the extras yeah, exactly. for that. Loads of you his drawings. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I bonus, love that. Now, this is a huge special edition, really. It's the Blu-ray... Uh, what's it called? It's the... Um, it's just the collector's edition. But okay, huge to me would be if Tim Burton came and brought it to our door. He did, but he had oh, to... Oh, I leave. didn't realize. He had a brown Okay, suit. well then, then yeah. fair enough. It is huge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was actually in the box, but I sent him back. <laughs> to go on to the next person's house. I didn't want a weird... He's going to be busy this coming week because loads of people I said, are going to be I didn't him. want a weird guy with frizzy hair hanging around the house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there's a lot of extras on here. The first one being, there's a... <laughs> this is really funny. Okay, I'm going to actually do... I'll do this one for you. Okay. The first extra is, and this is how they marketed it on the back of the box, the all-new Blu-ray exclusive Tim Burton movie introduction. Okay, so here we go. I press play on the Blu-ray player. Do you want to watch the movie with the introduction? Yes, I do. Click. Tim Burton. I'm Tim Burton, and I'm sat in a editing suite. There's some monitors behind me and some soundboards. Hello. I'm Tim Burton. You're about to watch Nightmare Before Christmas on Blu-ray. Nightmare Before It's the first time I've seen Nightmare Before Christmas on Blu-ray, and I just want to say that you'll be able to see all the textures and all the colours that the animators wanted you to see. Thank you. That's it. And I'm you. Was that it? <laughs> yeah, that, that actually is it. One. That was it. You did a good job of that. Well, it's you like, didn't mess up your hair, but... It's, it's like okay. 30 seconds long, literally. It's right? a little disappointing because you know to... he's kind of a freaky guy, and I like listening to him. And oh, maybe he's not that enthusiastic since it, the Disney thing. You know, you know what it was to me. It was like they were they were doing the talking head things with him because there's some others where he's in the same room, and they said, "Okay, uh, Tim, this is coming out on something called Blu-ray disc." <laughs> something called Blu-ray, like he'd never heard of it. Yeah, and he'll, he'll go. Are we assuming Tim Burton is an idiot? No. Okay, but he'll go. Oh, what's Blu-ray disc? And they'll go, it's like this high-definition uh, video format, but we need, a, we need you to say something. Well, what's better about it? Well, it, it looks better. All right, then. And then oh, said, you think he was acting? <laughs> you think he was lying? Like, he hadn't just watched it. No, that's just my interpretation. Okay. I'm sure he knows what Blu-ray disc is, but it was, <laughs> it was just so, like, I, he didn't have anything to say, hardly. He didn't no. mention that the sound was What you said up. was what he said. So there's Literally, no, one yeah. line of, one line. We're not telling you not to look at it. Or watch it. I just find it funny that it's marketed as the all-new Blu-ray exclusive. Like, you would actually buy this Blu-ray just to see that 30 seconds. The one thing I can say about it, because we've complained in the past about introductions that give away the whole movie, <laughs> this is not a problem. No, he doesn't. Like, like, you barely even know what the movie is. Yeah, exactly. Like, we watched um, <laughs> Indiana Jones, and Lucas and Spielberg basically came on and told you the entire movie, and then they said, enjoy the movie. Not just the movie. The whole series, yeah, they reveal all the big payoffs of everything. So, so like that, but this one, yeah, you, you're not. You're, you're we need to in. find a happy medium there. Kevin Smith does good introductions, I think. Yeah, directors. Well, Tim Burton did a good one there. He didn't <laughs> say shit. <laughs> he just, he just didn't say anything. You should have just come on and go, "Hi, I'm Tim Burton. Enjoy the movie." He could have at least Helena there with him to 
Liven up the joint. Anyway, let's move on to the next feature. If you if you really, really, really want 30 seconds of Tim Burton saying that Blu-ray <laughs> is great, this is it. This is the format to buy. Okay. You're going to get your money's worth. And I'm sure, sure Spitty will be disappointed because he won't be getting that on his DVD oh. version. So uh, the second extra is the... This is a odd little feature. It's the What's This? Jack's Haunted Mansion holiday tour. Now, I know this is Nightmare on Elm... Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I know this is the Nightmare Before Christmas related, but it did feel like a little advertisement for Disneyland to me. A little bit. A for one. God's sake. It was like in your face. They even t- made a comment like, oh, when Tim Burton came to go through it, he even went, he went out to the shop and bought all the merchandise. Okay, yeah. Well, like- I'm, I'm sure he didn't have to buy it. <laughs> What I'm saying is... Or maybe he did. Disney were like, yeah, buy it, you bastard. I don't even think he did. I think the guy was just reminding us, when you go, be sure to go after the... You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, anyway, what this is... Yeah, it's a commercial. Disneyland have a ride called the Haunted Mansion, and every year at Christmas they change it from the Haunted Mansion into Jack's Halloween Town Mansion. And you basically... The the first way of watching it is the on-track version, where you go through the ride in this weird, like, fast cut, which you mentioned. Yeah, it made very fast cut, and it gave me the weird motion sickness. That you're basically on the ride with a guy with a camera, pointing at everything yeah, and trying to show you. you don't see crap. You don't see it. No, it's, it's, too, it's fast. too fast, yeah. But anyway. With a pop-up. You're on the ride, and you can turn on this pop-up trivia track, and you see some pop-up. Then there's the off-track. <laughs> but they're really fast, too, like you said. We were trying to read them, and they're like, if you're come a, go, come if, go, come If you're go. a child, there's no way you could get <laughs> no, through them. I barely did from one <laughs> to the next. And I'm a fast reader, and I was having trouble keeping up. <laughs> so basically, so, there's another uh, thing that they haven't got right. Some DVDs, which are pop-up video tracks, we don't get a pop-up. Like, there's one every seven minutes, and you're like, wow, is this all it is? And then some, is this one is like seven one every... Seven minutes? We barely found one every scene in that one Yeah. Movie. In this one, there's one literally every tenth of a second. <laughs> it's like, one pops up, and as it's going away, you're like, wait, whoa, whoa, hit the pause, hit the and, pause. And you can also watch this feature off track, which is the same feature ever, interspersed is behind-the-scenes stuff about them creating. And I did like to see... I, I liked the comparison of... Let's the, explain why you're interested, because you've actually been on that ride I've at Euro been, Disney. Yeah, at Euro Disney Paris, I went on the Haunted Mansion ride, and as, I'd forgot all about it completely. But as soon as they went in the... they walk, You walk in a room on this ride, and the room starts getting really long. You're actually going You're down, dropping down. You're actually going down in an elevator. looks like it's moving up. But, but it looks like the room... And so I that's remember, a cool idea. Yeah, so... And what's really interesting to me about this featurette was where they were in the movie... Nightmare Before Christmas, they were dressing Halloween Town up to look like Christmas. Yeah. And then there was the comparison of, like, just the modern-day guys putting all the stuff up. Yeah. I like like that. That was interesting. That was good. Um, But, yeah, it's a commercial. It is. And if you're a Disney fan, you'll like it. It's it's presented in that Disney way, too. Or if you're, like, you know, kind of goth and you try to... You hate the Disney thing and you think it's stupid, but your parents are making you go on this stupid Disney holiday because and you think it's all fake and horrible. and But you like this, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, there's your ride. But you have to go between October and January or it's not going to be there. Yeah, and if you go, like, every single week during that period of time, oh, yeah. there's something new in it every week, which is interesting. Just one new character. You know why? They want to rope you in to buying some more stuff. Exactly. Uh, so moving on to the next feature, which is a brilliant feature in my opinion, because this is the first time this has been available in this it's actual full movie. Well, a short movie. Frank and Wiener. Weenie. <laughs> I'm Weenie. just calling it Wiener. 
Okay. <laughs> the uncut version. First time it's been an un- the uncut version. With the new introduction by Tim Burton. Now, he's actually a bit more wordy in the beginning of this one. Yeah. He doesn't just say, this is a... Frankenweiner. He actually talks about it. Um, it's a black and white movie that he made for Disney back in the 80s, I guess. End of the 80s. It's... It's a strange one to explain. I actually enjoyed it. You didn't. No. It's done in the style of a 50s... Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver, yeah. It's a bit macabre because it's about bringing a dog back to life. It's in a Franken... Kind of like how Sally came up. Like a creation. Yeah. Again, and, another Edward Scissorhands slash Sally slash creation. Yeah, it's Tim Burton. It's got Tim Burton in it. But not completely. It's no. got Tim Burton in his Disney era. It's interesting for that... For me. I found it completely uninteresting. I'm borderline boring. And I didn't find it funny... Or, or macabre enough. There were some really funny it lines wasn't in, in it. Yeah, funny lines. There were some funny things. The actors were... Uh, the lady from The Shining, <laughs> Shelley Duvall, Duvall. Yeah. And the guy from... Something About Mary. Home Alone. I love him. Oh, no. Was he Home Alone? Yeah, I think he was Home Alone. Yeah, he was the other guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it had quality... Yeah. Be- and it was... But yeah, it was amateurish, it felt. Something About Mary. He, he was in Something About Mary, wasn't he? No. I'm thinking of another one. Yeah. Anyway, it was amateurish in a way, but then again, it was the beginning of his career. But it, like I said to you, I don't don't know if you agree, but it felt distinctly un Disney to me. I mean, it, in one way it did, and then in one way it was like, oh my god, the, yeah. I, I guess can... I don't find it macabre at all, and I don't find the weirdness of it. You know, maybe I'm just I've seen too many. Yeah, well, yeah, I I thought about it in context of this is a Disney movie. That would be showing to kids. Yeah, but Disney puts out movies that have all dead parents, a lost dead mother, an evil stepmother who tries not to dead, kill their not stepchildren. Not a dead dog running around yeah, the house. Yeah, but an evil stepmother who wants to kill her stepdaughter, or an evil stepparent who wants to, like, leave the daughter to die because she wants to be the most beautiful. How is that not macabre and gross and horrible? But this, because it's a cartoon. The way this one is, it's feel. It's kind of a, in fact, it's kind of Edward, that Edward Scissorhands has that mm-hmm. weird uh, suburbia plastic, thing going yeah, down. Yeah, plastic suburbia from the So 50s. maybe that's where Edward Scissorhands, you know, there's all yeah. kinds of, but um, just the way it is and what it's about seems slightly off to me, but that is good because that's what Tim Burton's all about. And no, it's not huge quality, but I had, a, there was a one scene which made me <laughs> laugh and it was just a dialogue scene. And you know which one yep. I mean. I won't spoil it because it's the no, best part of the movie actually. The best part. And the one where the kid comes in and says he doesn't feel well and puts his head on yeah. the table. That, that's just the same scene, funny, but yeah. There's just some funny dialogue. And bringing a... You know, we're not spoiling anything. No, it's, it's Frankenweenie. Frank, <laughs> bringing his dog back to life is an interesting idea, but it's not executed well. But I mean, it's not executed to what it could be, but let's just say Tim Burton's next movie is Frankenweenie. Yep. 2009. It's going to be a stop-motion Frankenweenie, I, I just read. So, that could be it fulfilled properly. Yeah, because like, this one is like a film schooly kind of film. It's not high quality. Even though there is some... There's some yeah. It's a studio movie at the end I of the day. I found it to be catering to a 90s pretentious yuppie sensibility with those little poke jokes in there that are supposed to be really clever and genius film haha elbow to elbow thing. I just didn't get it. I got it. I'm not at I just want to say I really enjoyed that Frankenweenie. And But I, the next one. I also want to say that 
It's actually a brilliant extra. I like to see extras like that, though, not just... I agree with that. ...some talking heads. This is actually... If you're a Tim Burton fan, it's actually something you want to own. Yeah, it's not empty calories like no, a lot and, of extras and it, are. You know, they could have put out it, Frank and Weenie, on a separate DVD and made you pay for it, but it was... You know, it's something that you want this far. How long is it? It was about 30 minutes. It was 30 minutes, minutes exactly, yeah. And that's the uncut version. The cut version is apparently 28 minutes. I don't know <laughs> what they cut, but, you know, probably... I don't know. It's not, I mean, it's not gruesome. No, there's no gruesomeness at all. Apart from that maybe the mother's sewing the dog up. Maybe, maybe. that was it. <laughs> okay. That's like Sally sewing her arm on. So the like... seg- uh, the, another extra, the next extra on the list, is another brilliant extra. In fact, you will agree with me, it's as good as Frank and... We- you know, it's as good as an extra. It's a bit shorter. It's the short film Vincent, which is another Tim Burton short. Loads done in the style, Done in the style of A Nightmare Before Christmas, stop motion animation. And would you like to explain what that one is? Yes, Vincent. Although I think Vincent resembles more of the Corpse Bride guy than he does from, you know, I mean, the style of his head. And it's just a little, it's a like a poem, kind of like a also the, Dr. Oh. Seuss written thing. And it's got Vincent Price reading the story to you, which is lovely. Because the kid is a seven-year-old kid who thinks he's Vincent Price, or he wants to be Vincent Price. So he has all these weird macabre things in his mind, like that he wants to make his dog into a zombie dog, and he imagines that he's, his wife has been buried alive out in the yard. Wants to make his dog whatever. into a zombie dog. Frank and Weenie. Exactly. Dog. But it's so much better, and it's just, that I loved. I, I don't want to say that. No, it's, it's a poem. There's no way to say it. It's an animated it. poem, and it's really and it's nice. It's lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely, funny, I loved it. Okay. But I'm, I'm also a Vincent fan, Vincent Price fan, which you probably don't know that. No, but Vincent. I've also been very, always kind of like, oh, trembly about, I just really like. I, I like Vincent Price and I like Christopher Lee. And talking of Christopher Lee. Oh, yes, another extra. This is the third, like, th- I like to say this is like a, these three kind of st- fit together Yeah, as these extras. are the quality extras that and you this, don't get on a lot of DVDs. And this one is really nice. It's Tim Burton's original poem, which was A Nightmare Before Christmas, as I said earlier, The Nightmare Before Christmas was a poem that he wrote, and then some years later he decided to drag the poem out and make a movie about it. But it's the actual poem read by Christopher Lee with this brilliant animation. Now, the animation he said on the... Because he introduces it too. He said, the animation is done by somebody, but it's inspired by my original concept drawings. But it's all done in high definition, and it's... What do you call like storybook style? Like it's yeah, like pop-up. cut and paste. You know, it's really they, nice. Yeah, though. very, very. And it nice. makes you want to like w- listen to the thing. Like, yeah, totally. Ins- it's it, you know, I was thinking, wow, this is really well done. Like it's not just some of these DVDs when they read you something or whatever, they just slap still pictures up, and it's not quite. Yeah, as- but it was like, um, oh god, what was the one we watched where we got to see an alternate section of? I think movie. it was uh, uh, <laughs> Spider Week like Chronicles, a- wasn't it? No, I'll think of it. Or Bridge to Terabithia or something. No, no, it was an adult kind of movie. Hmm. But I like that. That is a good... Those three are quality extras. And if if that's what you mean by huge, then it is. Because those are quality things you might want to watch over and over. Yeah, I think they're as good... They fit... This movie and those three things is enough. I mean, it's a bundle for you to have of Tim Burton stuff, you know? But in addition... But in addition to that, you get... Now... Obviously, Nightmare Before Christmas has been out on DVD before, and it's had a commentary track. But what they did for this... It's not its anniversary, I don't think, because it's not an anniversary edition. But what they did for this new edition is... um, Tim Burton, the director Henry Selick, 
and Danny Elfman went back into the commentary booth and did a brand new commentary that they've just done. Like, So this is a brand new commentary. 15 years, isn't it? 93 to 2008? Yeah, I guess 15 years. So if I was doing math in my head so the whole if you, time. So, yeah. so <laughs> if, you, sure if you already owned The Nightmare Before Christmas and you want to hear them talk about it in retrospect rather than the commentary done back then, this is a, a brand new one. So they've gone to the effort of making a brand new one. Um, then you've got behind the scenes making of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now this is the original making of thing from 15 years ago and it shows... It's down in standard definition. But it's still good. All of those. It's very of, informative, though. And yes. You really do see the process of how you actually see the whole process of making the armature that goes inside the puppet, how they make the puppet, how they make it move, how they paint them. All of that. I love that. Stuff. It's really a nice documentary. It's twenty-five minutes long in total. It's organized into chapters: the puppets, the cast, different things. Unfortunately, you can't hit play all. There no, you no... can hit play all. It's was at there? The top. Yes, there was. Why didn't we, we go were, down through the whole list? We were then? just looking at... So we looked at the puppets, and we just looked at several... Yeah, and not in order. <laughs> no, there is, there is a playoff. Okay, then. I take that back. And then there's the worlds of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween Town, Christmas Town, and The Real World. Now, what these are is... It's three sections broke down into concept art, storyboard, and posters, and, well, you know, stuff. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not um just still pictures. It's Tim Burton commentary over the top. A couple of, you know... Concept art, what would we say? Concept art. Character design. And storyboard designs. Art direction. And it's really comprehensive. You can look at all three and there's... there's you can look how Sally was created. Yeah, it's really the art of the movie, for sure. And you can cho- you can look down. Then there's deleted scenes, which is really cool. I, I like... I mean, they're very rough looking, the deleted scenes. Cause Some of them are just storyboard drawings even still. They didn't... But there's four of those and those are cool. Can I, you imagine... Doing a whole scene, right, that took you like two months, and then they get to the final edit, and they're like, "Oh, we don't need that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just spent like, "Oh my god!" That would, I bet they wanted to use every bit of footage they because there was only could. four deleted scenes, and they were extremely short. So I yeah. don't think they really left anything out. Of this <laughs> I hope movie. not. And then there's storyboard to film comparisons, which we've all seen before. It shows mm-hmm. you the film on one side, the storyboard on the other side, and it follows it along, so you can see where it went. Uh, and then there's the original theatrical trailers. There's the teaser trailer, the theatrical trailer, and all the posters you can view. So this really is everything about A Nightmare Before Christmas in one thing. Yeah. And then finally, the last feature is there's a second disc in the box, which is just an ordinary DVD. And it's what Disney referred to as their Disney file digital copy. And it's a version of the movie to put on your iPod. Oh, right. The same as what... The other people are doing, but Disney are now starting to do it. So you get that with the DVD as well. So you just put it in your computer and... Because I actually don't know. You put it in your computer. There's a little code inside the case. All right. It asks you for the code. You type the code in and then it rips it to your computer. It rips it into iTunes if you've got an iPod. Well, it asks you. Can you put it on your Zoom? Actually, no. Uh, Zoom is... This is up to Microsoft to sort this out. Microsoft need... To update the Zoom firmware and work with the movie companies to make it work on yeah. Zoom. It's all down to I. It's not down to these. Because I would people. actually take that one and put it in and put it put on, it on Zoom. your Zoom I would and have leave it on, it on there. there forever. Yeah. Yeah, because like I'm waiting for the car to get fixed or something. I'd love that. So yeah, how this works is you put it in, iTunes pops up and Windows Media. Well, a, a, a little window pops up. It says, "Do you want to rip this to iTunes or do you want to rip this to Windows Media Player?" You rip it to either one, and then you can sync it to your portable device that is compatible. And that isn't the Zoom. I was going to say, if you can go do it to Windows Media Player, why wouldn't it work in Zoom? Because other movies do. It doesn't. You can watch it in Windows Media Player, I through, get it. but you can't put it on your Zoom. Uh, the way to put it on your Zoom, 
There is a way to put is it, it on your Zoom, but it's nothing, we won't talk about it's it. nothing to do with this <laughs> Blu-ray disc. Yes. Um, All I can say is, it's not on my Zoom. But, you know, Microsoft, there's a Zoom firmware update coming soon, the fall update. That update, need, they need to work with the movie studios, because I'm a Zoom fan. I don't really care for the iPod. But After I feel, having used an iPod for a bit, helping yeah. somebody at work, I hate it. And what it's I'm saying is, I, I feel like iPod people are catered to for everything, because it's such it's the norm, isn't it? Everybody has the iPod. Money. Yeah, so, you know... We, when you buy this Nightmare Before Christmas and the second disc, you're actually paying for that second disc in the price of this. But you, how much is that? This one's a twenty three ninety nine, I believe. Really, for the Blu ray huge edition. I will check that in a minute. <laughs> that doesn't. Sound, I mean, that, you know, but, um, that borderlines on being a good deal, and I hate high DVD prices. So it's definitely a good deal. So those good extras, those long extras. There's session. a lot now for me. <laughs> this is a true. If you like The Nightmare Before Christmas, probably most people have seen it by now. This is the best presentation of it you could possibly get, the Blu-ray version I'm talking about. It looks incredible. It sounds incredible. The Mm -hmm. surround sounds really good too. Because a lot of the musical numbers are really rich and full, I found. Um, The extras are like... I I think those extras are exactly what I want from a a DVD. I especially love short movies from directors. Um... I agree completely. It's a good package. It is. Well, we'll see how much it costs. The fact that Tim Burton brought it to us himself. I mean, I, I know I didn't get to see him, but I'm just going to have to trust you on this that he actually did. So, I mean, that's pretty good. He said 23 he, he actually told me to say hello to you. And he also and said... he never did. He also said, excuse the brown suit with UPS written on. I'm just on a day off. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But, was that, oh, is that some of your genius comedy? Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the Blu-ray edition of Nightmare Before Christmas uh, is actually... I'm looking I'm looking at a retailer that I probably wouldn't recommend to buy DVDs from. I won't mention the name. Well, then don't say it. It's actually thirty one fifty nine there. Well, how about a reputable one? The list price from Disney is thirty nine ninety nine. believe it or not, for that. I guess because they think we're giving you all this other stuff, but... Again, that's too high. Um, just we don't want any microphone deadness here. So no, well, I did. I just filled Sid, in with the. Sid talks about to sing, <laughs> sing you a little ditty while I look up nightmare before. Can Christmas. I move on to our next discussion, next section of stuff? Yes. Again, the next section of oh well, it's the contest. Yeah, you do the and contest, and I'll look this up. This contest, you can win. Um, how many are you going to have? <laughs> two. Two. Okay, you can win one of two copies. Well, two people will win one copy each. Of a movie called Young at Heart. It is a documentary about a group of senior citizens in Massachusetts who actually go around, I don't know the full story, but they go around and sing modern music to people, you know, like as a concert, like modern, like Nirvana and then like punk and probably Britney Spears and, you know, the pink. You can imagine them saying like, let's get this party. Oh, that's not pink. <laughs> it's just like a pill. Instead of making me Yeah, see, imagine a group of senior citizens singing that, entertaining people. It's a documentary about them by a British... Is it a BBC? No. No, okay. But those British people, they do a good job with the documentaries, don't they? Yes. It's not Louis Thoreau. No. See, he he could be good. Anyway, that's what you could win. And what you need to do is is you need to answer this question, okay? And in tradition, my question isn't really related to the movie at all, but I see the title... 
and something I just kind of let it come to me, you know, kind of get the vibe. And the question that then is from the movie Crimes of the Heart with Sissy Spacek. What does she have dangling behind her from her neck as she comes down the stairs in one scene to answer the phone as it rings? Is the answer testicles? <laughs> oh, no, it is not. <laughs> so you can look that up. I'm sure you can look it up. It's Sissy Spacek coming down the stairs with what dangling from her neck from a rope because the phone's ringing downstairs. Are you sure the answer isn't testicles? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> can I not Unless win? you've seen a whole different Crimes of the Heart. Can I not win that? So Crimes of the Heart, look it up. Starring Sissy Spacek and uh, a few other women, you know. It's a good flick. Send your answer to acegully at acegully.com in the subject line, but Crimes of the Heart. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, moving on to video games for this week. Now, this is an interesting one. (laughs) Too Human. Big controversy about Too Human on the internet this week. Because the controversy is, does it suck or does it not? Pretty much. Uh, Well, let's explain the controversy. The controversy is, this game was made by Silicon Knights. It started off as a PlayStation 1 game ten years ago. It's been in development all this time. It's moved from platform to platform. It hit a roadblock, I don't know if you remember, where they were using the Unreal Engine. Hmm. Well, they were using Cliffy B's cruise. That would be Cliff Blazinski. Yeah, they were using his engine to create Two Human. Dennis Dyack, who was creating Two Human, couldn't... From what I read, he, he couldn't get his head around Unreal Engine properly. So, he tried to sue Epic, Clifford Blasinski's company, saying that they're selling tools that don't have the correct documentation and are hard to work with. Oh dear. So there was a big controversy there. Unreal withdrew the license. He had to create his own engine from scratch to power to human adding more length to the development cycle. And eventually, ten years... And to level two. (laughs) Eventually, ten years later, it's just come out, published by Microsoft. Never mind that all the other people who have used the Unreal Tournament engine have been... Yeah, nobody else seems uh, to Seemingly, not that we hear any controversy about it. And and the other controversy about Dennis Dyack is, he's the creator of Two Human, he went on a message board, and basically... The way he phrased his post on the message board, it was him posting on NeoGAF. He basically said, I've been making this game for 10 years. If you think it, if all you people as fans of games think it's bad, you're all idiots. Like, and was, don't say anything. Just don't say don't, it. Right, don't say it because we don't care. Like, we made a good game and your opinion doesn't mean shit. And it was is kind that of, really what he said? Is yeah, that I've actually, I actually read the post. It's kind of got a hateful tone to the post. And it, it was almost like he was pissed off because somebody said something. And he went on and vented. To defend And himself. then it became a post that just went out of control. And everybody dogged him and hated him. And, and it didn't do him any favors, I can tell you that. Because there's a lot of people... Because about, in the end, when you and now if this game had come out and been like, oh my god, it's absolutely amazing all the way through, it's been fantastic, everyone would then walk away with their tail between their leg and go, yeah, that was a fantastic game, but... Yes, but... No, okay. okay. Now, and, me, I've experienced Two Human this week. I've played, what, 20 hours of it, maybe? <laughs> I've finished it, okay. Oh, yeah. Start to finish. I started off, and I said to you, I was sat here when I fired it up. Why... Why are people hating on this game? It's really good. I'm loving it. This was for the first two hours or so. Then I got to level two. Now, level two, I sat down. I thought, 
I'll spend an hour playing here and just do level two and then I'll move on. Five and a half hours later, <laughs> level two ended, right? With the worst boss you have ever... Oh, man, the boss... And a lot of this, me, I, me hearing this in the bedroom from across the hall. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, why oh. is this... Why is it... Why, yeah. Oh, man. And the boss at the end of level two is probably the worst, most frustrating boss you've ever fought in your life. In a good way uh, or no, a bad way? No, in a bad way. And level two lasts fi- literally five and a half hours. And I was trying to get through it. And it just kept going on and on and on. I got to the end of it. And then I said to you, two humans, crap, I don't like it. I'm not <laughs> playing anymore. That's, oh, yeah, that's pretty much I'm done. So the night after, I was sat and I was thinking, should I finish two humans? I probably should finish it. Because, you know, achievement points. I like that. So I decided... <laughs> I decided... I turned it on and I decided, okay, there's a two-player co-op mode over Xbox Live here. But I don't know anybody who's got this game. None of my friends are interested. Just me. So I'll just get a random person. So I go on Xbox Live, I press connect to a game, and there's a guy from Canada. It's like four o'clock in the morning. Um, He's just a young guy from Canada, and we played for... Eight hours? Yeah, let me say, right before you did that, you messaged me. I was at work. You sent me a message. You're like, oh, babe, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And I'm like, oh, okay. You'll be in bed when I get home, which is 7 o'clock. I get home. As I'm walking up the stairs, I hear talking, which is, you know, you sound like you're talking to yourself, but you're talking to this guy. And you're totally awake and totally, like, into it. You come in there like, yeah, I'll have a a shandy. I'm going to, we're going to finish this thing. We're going to finish it. It's really good now. (laughs) Yeah, and anyway. And then all through the whole morning, you kept on playing. This is what I say is a love-hate relationship. So I played it for eight hours straight with a guy on Xbox Live. And I can't tell you how much more co-op makes it a good game. Now, the bad thing about co-op is they remove the story completely. So it's basically you dropped into the game, but without any of the cutscenes. So you have no idea what's going on. Really? So you're just fighting, 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 and leveling up and getting cool stuff. But I tell you, it was a complete blast. I would play it again online with somebody. But playing it on your own, it's a completely different thing. It's boring. It's playing with somebody else and fighting together and helping each other. It just really makes sense. So it isn't a bad game. I played it right through to the end. It's got everything. It's got the good and the bad. It's a game where co-op makes complete sense and single player is so dull you won't get through it on your own, I don't think. It's harder on your own. It's frustrating. When you die, you have to go through this two-minute sequence that you can't skip where it lifts you up and drops you back. It's annoying as hell. If you die two or three times in the space of a few minutes, you want to kill yourself. (laughs) The game is... It's flawed in tons of ways, but it's also good. I'm not dogging on it, actually. When I got through and finished it, I actually You finished it on your own as well? I finished it with this guy. Are you going to go back and finish it on your own now? I don't think so. I, I would play it through again with somebody else, though, who, if anybody else said to me, do you want to play 2Human? No, no problem. I'd jump in. Now, my, your character levels up like it does in Warcraft. So I'm like a level 30 now. But all the enemies scale up to your level 2, so... If I drop in now and get in a game with somebody, level 50 is the highest you can get. I'm on level 30, so yeah, you get so you better get stuff. Yeah, so there's reason to go back. just from what you've described, and I don't read about stuff, I hear everything secondhand, or you listen to podcasts, I hear all the other gamer fellows talking. If you started the game 10 years ago, and then plowed through with the whole con- with the whole problem with the engine... And if you're not, I don't know, it seems like that would flaw, that would give you a disadvantage to start with. You're talking about starting 10 years ago when games now, from year to year, are changing drastically. So, 
It's like a mixture of PlayStation 1. Now, I think about this. 12 years ago or 10 years ago, if you were playing a game where a level took you five hours and it was really hard, it would have been a whole different thing. Now, because you're used to games where you it flows better, it works better, whatever the difference is, you, you, would, you would have accepted it then. As one of those games, you all would have talked about it, but you would have finished it. And now, because you've been, you know, times move on, maybe that's his problem. Yeah. So, it's a lesson to you game people. And I would actually... make a game, start now, and be done in a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And right now, I would say, Two Human is actually not a bad game. It's so flawed, and the voice acting is the worst. It is really bad. It's really I was bad. listening to it when I was sitting over here, and I'm like, it's like I didn't even want to look, because I thought... But then I looked, and I'm like, well, the graphics and stuff are all right. No, it's the graphics are good. The... the game is, um, it's... It's a cyber version of North North Norse mythology, so it's like Norse mythology and laser pistols and mixed together. And the the characters you expect from North Norse mythology are in there, such as Thor and Odin. So it's like Vikings and Star Wars. Mixed Vikings together. and Star Wars, yeah, exactly. And great Odin's Raven, you know. It sounds like a good idea. It, it is a it is a good idea, but it's not hundred percent implemented properly. And the actual gameplay, say, if you if you know games, Diablo, one of Blizzard's old games, it's a it's kind of isometric view. You're running along and you're attacking hordes of enemies, and hordes of enemies drop stuff, which you pick up and you look at it in your inventory, and stuff ranges from crap to like really good, and it's like random what stuff drops. So when something really good drops like the best sword you've ever seen in, in your life for stats, you're excited. Like So always around the corner there can be something mm. better. Sounds like maybe they tried to mix too much stuff in the pot there, maybe. I think they did. I just don't... I like the game, though. I can't... I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say get it... I wouldn't say spend your $60 on oh, the game. Oh, God, no. It's a rental. Because it's quite short, too. You can play it over the course of two days. But, um... Even I'm not the- dogging on it like everybody else was. Because I actually... I would have... Do- if, if you'd have spoke to me on Wednesday, I would have dogged it. But- if you had never decided to do the co-op, that would have been it. Yeah, exactly. So, I recommend it, but I don't I don't say it back. Be prepared. Uh, the other game I want to mention, which I just received a copy of today, it's out on Tuesday, is Tiger Woods 09. Yeah. I haven't you- played Tiger Woods for a couple of years. No. Uh, I'm good at it. You like Tiger Woods on her? It's kind of like we've seen it. I always kick your butt. Uh, you're very wrong. Um, anyway, Tiger oh, Woods. Really? Tiger Woods Zone and I haven't played it yet. I'll mention more about it next week. I just wanted to say that if you want to buy a 360 game this week, coming up, Tiger Woods Zone and is. It the is old. quite fun to play it with your couple person with your spouse. And they've got the um, look into the camera and it maps your own mm-hmm. head onto the player, which we'll try this week and see how it comes yeah. out. We'll look like mutants as usual, probably. <laughs> At least there's more light up here than there was downstairs. Yeah, it might be better. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about was... <laughs> Did you fall asleep? PlayStation 3 Home. We, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm in the... You know, we're not allowed to say a whole lot about this because I'm in the closed mm-hmm. NDA beta. But anyway, there's a new version of the closed beta and the open beta is going to start soon. I've been in the closed beta for a long time. Are you supposed to say that? Yeah, you're allowed to say that, but you're not allowed to discuss specifics anyway. Okay, let's move on. It's, it's, there's a new version just come out. It's, it's PlayStation Home. Okay. So moving forward. I just want to say, when PlayStation Home's finished, you know, when, yeah. every, when everybody gets their hands on it. All right, let me just say this. <laughs> I've been in PlayStation Home for about eight months. 
I've launched it four times. Right. Say no more. Including today when it forced you to launch it. Yes, exactly. So say no more. Um, let's hope things change with say that. Say no more. Say no more. Okay, uh, Sid Talk. What? You've got some uh, topics you would like I to do. discuss. I do. Well, I have a topic that you added. Oh, but hold on. Before you discuss oh. the topics, because this was something I was looking up and then we didn't get back to okay. it. Okay. The Blu-ray version, a reputable dealer, Nightmare Before Christmas, is twenty seven eighty five. Right? What, what, what kind of a price is that? <laughs> uh, and the DVD version... The, see, this, the DVD version is twenty four forty seven. Uh, in this instance, even though I still think $28 is too much for a DVD, even though you get a lot of stuff, I say if you've got a Blu-ray player and a good TV... For a couple of dollars more, it's worth yeah. it. Now, I wish they would have put the nice... The DVD edition comes with a really nice box. Collector's box with a plastic... Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's to entice you to buy them both. It, it, it's that, Disney. Exactly. But okay. anyway, it's twenty seven eighty five. Okay, moving on to my topics. This is a topic that you added, and I'm not sure why, but it's a funny thing. Now, yeah, last week, first I'll start with my little story, and it gives you a little idea of some quirky things I do that my, my lovely husband, A. Scully, will <laughs> raise an eyebrow at. Last week, I had a big brown paper bag, like from the grocery store, getting ready to go to work, and he looked in it, and it had like, <laughs> it was filled with popcorn, because I'd popped some popcorn to take to work, and you were like, why is there just popcorn in a bag? <laughs> With the grease on the bag. And yeah, like, well, it wasn't grease. It was just a little bit of olive oil that pops in. And I'm like, well, I'm taking it to work. And you're just like, it was like you were disgusted with my sort of uh, low class, <laughs> low classness. But And everybody at work had the same reaction. Like, why are you eating popcorn out of a grocery bag? But whatever. So then almost like the next day I talked to my sister, who right now they're remodeling their bathroom. And she has, <laughs> she's been taking a bath in the kitchen in one of those big... Um, you know those big storage bins that you buy from Walmart or other, like, Dollar General or something? They're about four feet long and about two feet deep. Not big enough for a bathtub. That's what she's been taking a bath Why in. Why was she taking a bath in that? Uh, because the bathroom is being remodeled. They don't have a tub or a shower or anything. I just... So, I just Knowing imagine... your sister, that image in my mind. It's just funny. You can imagine her naked. It's fine. No, I mean, I'm just... It's just funny, like... It's a little head popping out of, like... A and with her dog coming up, probably talking to her, sitting there, probably looking at her. And unfortunately, I didn't tell you one of her dogs died, which is sad. I'm not an animal person, but my sister is a lover of her animals. She loves them dearly, and I felt really bad for she her. She needs... To have the kid from Frank and Wiener. <laughs> to come and it's not a funny topic. I felt bad for her. So that's the, funny, that's the funny story that you put on that my sister takes a bath in a storage I just tub. thought that was funny. It is funny. You all don't know my sister, but just imagine anyone who's funny, and she's quite funny and charming, taking a bath in their kitchen in a container. Unless, uh, this other thing we're going to talk about, I will just uh, introduce it. You have a Microsoft Zoom. I do. Not an iPod. And the earbuds that come with the Microsoft Zoom, they're not the best earbuds in the world. They're just cheap earbuds. You work in a job where it's very, very noisy. So you wanted something that isolates that noise. Yeah, I'm surrounded by hundreds of server, big server boxes. So imagine. Now, now you can pay $300 for a pair of um, Bose. The the real noise cancelling, you know, and I'm sure they do. A, they're, they're amazing because sure. people recommend them. But you didn't have $300 to spend on a pair of earphones. Oh, I do, but I don't want to. Exactly. You didn't want to spend $300 <laughs> Exactly. On a pair of I think it's so, ridiculous. So we My decided. Yeah, I decided me. to look around and, you know, for the, the earbud type that you shove inside your ears. Just a little ways. They're not like you Not canal about. phones. No, they're no, just, no. They're just. Uh, they, they go right inside your ear. Yeah, they have a little rubber thing that will fit inside different And they're noise ear isolating, not noise cancelling. Correct. They're noise isolating. Um, they fill your ear hole, basically. I basically found a 
pair, made by Creative Labs, which are the famous sound card manufacturer for PCs, they were fifteen dollars uh, from Newegg.com. Seventeen. Yeah, with the shipping and everything, yeah. they were about seventeen dollars from Newegg.com. And what do you think? They're perfect. In fact, I can sit here at my computer and put them in, and not hear you sitting four feet away from me uh, playing your games or when you actually are trying to talk to me, and I have no idea. So. That, that's got to be good that you can, <laughs> now you can just ignore And at work, it actually is, the only thing I can hear at work, we have one machine that's like, and it has a really hard bass. And I think because I can feel it in the floor, I can still hear and feel that. Other than that, it's brilliant. I put in the little small ones. The little, you can, it has it's got come three with three different, different sizes. The problem with other earbuds is, I don't know if my ears are shaped funny, like my ear hole You're canal. a bit spockish. I am not. My ears are so not spuck at all. I'm just joking. They're short and stubby. What are you joking about? <laughs> just to see what you'd say. And how do you know what ears Spock's ear holes are like? That has nothing to do with... Play. I've looked in Spock's ear holes. <laughs> anyway, they fit right in. They block out. In fact, because at work I am supposed to listen for the phone ringing and it got me in a couple of moments where I'm listening to music and I, I think, <gasps> do I hear the phone? And I pause... And a wait, and no. So they work fantastic for what I want in there. And they cost fifteen dollars. And yeah. if you go on, we we got them from. Not that these are any way associated with us. Just go on newegg.com. Yeah. It's where I get a lot of computer things. And in the search box, just type creative noise. That's what I typed, and then that's how they come up. Or creative earphones. You'll see them. They're the top one. Yeah, and I'm sure they're not. They're about seventeen dollars. No, they're not the greatest. No, in the world. but they're perfect. I'm sure the. I'm sure they, there's a pair by Sennheiser for about $100. I'm sure they're better, but for $14, you can't control... Yeah, they're way better than the Zune earphones. Yeah. I mean, the Zune earphones would be fine, I guess, if you're not in any kind of noise. Or another instance, like today, when I was doing my podcast, and I could put them in while you're in sleep in there. And a lot of times, even the other ones, because they just start to slowly fall out of my ear, it drives me crazy. So I end up with one, and then I can't hear what I'm doing. And so. I just... And when you buy a music player, they shove the cheapest earbuds they can possibly do. Even the iPod doesn't have good earbuds. No. It's so you go out and buy some better ones, isn't it? You know. But um, for for seventeen dollars, yeah. you can't complain. Um, and that and the last thing you want to talk about your your other podcast. Yeah, I made three new versions, three new episodes of my podcast, which is Sid Talk. C I D T A L K, and you can get that on Zune, uh, Marketplace, iTunes, or just type Sid Talk on Google, and you're going to find loads of places where I am on online anyway, Flickr and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And the topics uh, range from inspiration, like creative inspiration, why I don't always have it, or motivation, uh, buying locally, which is the topic I've been thinking about lately, and what was the last one? My vacation. vacation. <laughs> And my vacation, while I'm cooking supper, I talk about my vacation. And you can it's all, kind of funny. You can find those podcasts, like you just said, at iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, RSS Feed. You can listen to them directly on your page, the same as you can with my podcast yeah. on ascoli.com. Um, no, mine are on siddog.com. And mine are on ascoli.com. And you can email feedback to ascoli at ascoli.com, siddog at siddog.com. And write a review on iTunes if you want about either one of these. Don't write a review for me because you'd probably write something bad, so I don't want you to. Oh. <laughs> Think that I write something bad? No. I'm just joking. I don't really care about reviews to be I honest. know you don't. But um I don't need uh <laughs> approval. Yeah. 
That um, is, so, yeah, not, that is you, so not true. If you want to write a review, you think that, and thank you to somebody called Jay who wrote a review. Yeah, Jay dot dot dot. I mean, his name has... Maybe it's Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. No, it wasn't just Jay. It's Jay something. But on iTunes it cuts Whoever that is likes our show. Yeah, that's appreciated. Yeah. So, um, I just want to say, uh, that's, the fa- that's all we've got. And I just want to say, <laughs> next week we're going to be looking at uh, Blu-ray discs, Heroes, the TV series... And Heroes Season 2 on Blu-ray disc in high definition. Um, so that's what you're going to look forward to next week. And I just want to say, stay classy, Jack Skellington. Because... <laughs> you're good at what you do. And you're, you're very cool. You didn't really think that one through. I also want to say, no, you didn't I, that. <laughs> I didn't. It's all right then. Stay classy, Tim Burton. Because your hair and your overallness is interesting. Your overall is very nice. I'm going to say, everybody think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone else will be very happy to do it for you. And that sucks. <laughs> <laughs>